4: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: Hour number three, primetime action here on VEASANVEASAN.com. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds on the desk. We might have position player. It looks like we have position player pitching, actually. We were going to see if we can try to get in a live over, but... Uh, the I'm books not seeing him up. up.
3: I think maybe yeah. they're hip to it at yeah. this point once he's already given up one. I believe that is Mike Ford in here for the Atlanta Braves, who is a first baseman by trade and not a pitcher, as he's just uh, throwing uh, the heat of 62 miles an hour up there for the Phillies. This is,
6: uh, this is a situation we try to look for often here on primetime action. We were a little late to this one, but anytime games, just for future reference mm-hmm. if you're ever watching a game – and it gets about eight, nine runs. Yeah. Be ready to pull the trigger on position player pitching and get in on the live over. The position player pitching here has already given up a two-run homer. We will probably get him, uh, you know, maybe, maybe another one here, but you would have gotten a live over on that, and it would have been, uh, been in your favor. So just something we try to look for here, and we were a little late to the, to the party. I actually think the guy that hit it, Wes, is, got called up. In in his first game, they stuck him at cleanup, and I think he's gone deep twice.
3: Yeah, Hall is yeah. is the kid's name, and we saw a uh, uh, Philly. Uh Who'd they uh, – Stodd, the kid right mm-hmm. here from Las Vegas who went to D.O., Desert Oasis High School, not too far from where we are at the South Point. And he's been a mainstay there at shortstop. A kid they called up and, uh, you know, has made the most of his opportunity. Ford does get out of the inning, though, with only two runs, only that hall two-run shot. So, uh I'd say a successful inning if you only give up two runs as a position player.
7: Yeah, yeah. there there was a, not a single book in town that had that, to, that total post in life.
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I'm, I am I'm sure they probably gotten they probably gotten hip to our to our little game here, Kelly, so we'll have to figure out a way to go. Delon Wright, two years sixteen million to the wizards. Wow. What does that do for you? <laughs> what does that do does that for you? Is that float
3: your boat there, Kelly Bidlin? <laughs> oh, really. Is,
6: what does Delon Wright to the Wizards do for you? Yeah, nothing? Yeah, no, nothing,
7: absolutely nothing.
6: Yeah, nothing, nothing for me. Either. Two years, sixteen mil. Even that seems heavy. But well, it's like so. You hear Delon. Uh, so when you see Bobby Portis opts out of a four point six million dollar deal, right. and then you hear Delon Wright getting eight million, it's where you just start to go, what? what? Right? What? Yeah, what? yeah, and like mm-hmm.
7: Joe Ingles was signed today for six and a half million. Like, yeah. okay,
6: got it. Uh, so this is getting reported from uh, Sports Business Journal. Immediately. So this is how fast this stuff works, right? So immediately after USC and UCLA announced that they are going to be joining the Big Ten, Apple gets back in touch with the Big Ten and is trying to negotiate the, the, the rights to the conference. Mm-hmm. So immediately adding the two California teams has <laughs> has Apple back in the mix here to try yes. to secure the, the broadcast rights for the network. Yes, does not surprise me at all when you add that market in there but that's how quickly all this stuff moves i mean we we went from rumor to mm-hmm. to to it happening to the schools announcing it to a, a whatever the biggest market cap company in the world or whatever reaching yes. reaching out to a conference and saying hey we want to start talking again about the media rights yes. to uh, to getting media rights to the and, and and we're talking
3: about all this movement of course USC and UCLA mm-hmm. now going to be members of the Big 10 conference starting in 2024 one uh, team that might not be moving though uh, might be the Oakland A's apparently there was the vote out there in Oakland for the Howard Terminal which is kind of their waterfront park out mm-hmm. there in Oakland that they were going to try to vote on it did pass 23 to 2 so looks like uh, the A's at least are closer to staying in Oakland than they were as of this morning
6: so we have been doing 32 teams in 32 shows, and we will continue on here, close out the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs here, look at that football just get destroyed. 32 teams, 32 shows, prime tie match. That is the monster truck. Announcer voice. I, if anyone,
3: I was sorry. waiting for uh, Kelly to announce Bigfoot or Digger, yeah. uh, <laughs> one of the famous uh, monster trucks. These Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday.
6: <laughs> the, so that's the Al Roker voice on the since, Today Show. Yeah. Since all we do is get distracted here on the show, Wes. Now that you bring that up, I actually was flipping channels. Maybe it was Sunday or something like that. One of the like rogue sports channels up there mm-hmm. had a replay of of a monster truck yes. rally. No, none of the monster trucks that we know that they, they don't do it anymore. I know it's, like, it's different. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. looking for Bigfoot. Yeah. I'm looking for grave yeah, digger. They n- don't do it anymore. It was all these yeah. names that I'd never heard of before, and I'm like, is this is this to try to get like a, a younger generation? Because I don't I don't see the younger generation getting into monster how trucks. How long like, isn't star- it us? You need to be, be yeah. appealing to. Like, is in, in that us? How long did
7: Star Monster Trucks like like how long was their lifespan? Like did they
6: have? Well, Bigfoot was careers? around for decades.
3: Oh yeah, and so right. was Rave Digger, right? Yes.
6: Like those two were around for decades. Monster trucks and wrestling. And then there I was Barefoot. There mm-hmm. was Bigfoot and Barefoot. Yes. Like 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 not B-A-R-B-E-A-R. Oh, yeah. Like bare... I thought he was talking I about think the real now there's Bigfoot. there's like
3: several different monster truck series out there. There's not like just one. Oh, apparently,
6: the real Bigfoot. They've oh.
3: diluted the sport.
6: Yes. <laughs> Seriously, it's like boxing. You don't know
3: who's <laughs> the champion. <Yeah. laughs> Like you you, the you, WBA don't tell me Bigfoot the is the WBC, best one. Whenever yes.
6: Barefoot's over here and he's got another belt, I don't yeah. want to yeah. hear this. Title belts going yeah. around. Yeah, come on.
3: The WBA, the WBC, yeah. the IBF, the WBO. Here da- comes
6: Grave Digger from the rafters, and he's like coming down, <laughs> and like <laughs> mm-hmm. he's gonna, he, he's taking over this, this one. So yeah, I don't, I don't know, and we're not gonna do a lot. Wow. All anyway, right. Matt Carpenter oh, wants your to game go over.
7: Home. Yeah, Carpenter wanted to go
6: home, so he swung at <laughs> a ball in the dirt. Strike three.
7: Fire up the loser video, Jeremy. I'm loser
6: toted. video, and honestly. Listen, what a win for this Astros squad! Oh, it's not going to go in because yeah, that's unfortunate. Look oh, that the Price is Right loser, loser horn too. Um, so, guys, that is a two to one win for the Astros in this one. Presley comes in and nails it down. Um, Look, we're not reading too much into a late June. Baseball game, but when you're talking about
1: mm-hmm.
3: two
6: of the very best teams and two of the teams we all expect to be there towards the end, no, that's big. You said get a nice two to one win and hold this very potent lineup mm-hmm. to only a run. Uh I-, I think if you're the Astros, you you walk out of this feeling pretty good.
3: Yeah, and you beat Severino, who's mm-hmm. been pretty darn good this year and was, I think, fairly solid tonight. Only gave up two uh, three hits on two earned runs through six innings, and that's it. And that's enough for the Astros because. The Astros, you know, they're just kind of hanging around, you know. It's just like they're kind of there. They get ignored because of the Yankees' great start, now dropping to 56-21. and But nobody in that West is going to challenge the Astros. So you wonder, okay, like you were saying earlier, Mm -hmm. are they eventually going to shut Verlander down or maybe be a little bit more judicious Mm -hmm. with his innings where it's like, okay, we're not going to have him go as deep into the games. And we know – you know, even though the Rangers have been kind of plucky, they're not coming to get us. The, the Mariners have been a disappointment. The A's have obviously been dreadful, and the Angels uh, have fallen on hard times.
6: We talked to Doctor Mister Eric Eager a little bit earlier. He is a Chiefs fan. He said he expects this offense, maybe not right out of the gate, to to be a well oiled machine. But he doesn't think it's going to be that big of a drop off. He thinks that Juju Smith Schuster is kind of the right fit there for this team. He thinks that MVS is going to be a nice downfield option for them. So. That's what he thinks. What do we think? Because he's a fan, Mm -hmm. and so we might be sitting here, and we we might have to tell Doctor Mister Eric Eager that we don't agree with what he has to say. Kelly, here's the deal: I understand that he's a doctor, but I'm willing to go up against him on this one because this doesn't have anything to do with like you know soft tissue or you know breaks or that told me wrong things. Anything like that, you know? This isn't a sprain. I got LASIK once. How'd that work? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) What does that say about you're like? I can't trust these doctors. (laughs) Look at me wearing glasses. Um, so we'll take a look here. Uh, they were twelve and five. They won the AFC West for the sixth straight season. Lost in the AFC Championship game, the Bengals twenty-seven to twenty-four. AFC Championship game for the fourth straight year for them. Fourth in points scored, third in total yards, fourth in passing yards, sixth in passing touchdowns for them. So Andy Reid's coming in, tenth season for him. Eric Bieniemy is back as offensive coordinator. Steve Spagnuolo's back as defensive coordinator. They brought back Matt Nagy to coach quarterbacks. For them, so they have him on staff for this team. I didn't a, even know that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So Matt Nagy's going to be coaching quarterbacks because, you know, Matt Nagy and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see what that. You know, yeah. Because
3: I think uh, I think Mike Kafka. He is now the OC with the Giants. Mm. He was on that staff last year in Kansas City.
6: So the big in is Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling. They brought in safety Justin Reed, and they also brought in running back Ronald Jones on the out. Of course, the big ones, Tyreek Hill, who is now with the Dolphins. They trade and get what they do get though. I mean, listen, you know, they got a first, they got a second, they got a fourth, a couple of fourths, and a sixth. I mean, they got a big, big haul for Tyreek Hill. Uh Traverius Ward is out the door for them as well. And this was a guy in their secondary that was a playmaker, one of their one of their more consistent corners. The Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, out the door as well. He's going to be playing in New Orleans this year. Melvin Ingram, who they acquired in a trade, also is gone in free agency. Byron Pringle is out the door as well, although they didn't utilize him very much in that offense. So, Wes, when we take a look here at, at who's in and who's out, You know, they really are going to have to have Juju Smith-Schuster. He's never going to be Tyreek Hill. Right. He's not going to fill what Tyreek Hill had in this offense. None of that stuff. They're two different types of players, but – Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have to play like the Juju Smith-Schuster that we knew of four Mm -hmm. years ago and not the one we've known of the last couple of years, or I do believe that this Chiefs offense could struggle.
3: Yeah, I agree, and I'm a little bit down on this team. Even Mm -hmm. though, you know, you look at that graphic, I like what they did in the draft. I really like Carl Loftus. I think he's going to be a very good player for them in due time, as is McDuffie, the corner out of Washington, but... This team defensively, you know, they're going to have to have some young guys really kind of step up into the role. And this is a team that you can move the ball on a, l- a little bit and a team that doesn't always get stops when they need to get stops. I don't care how good your offense is, it's going to have to be really good or your defense is going to have to get stops when you're in this division, which is the Wild Wild West. you got three really great offenses besides Kansas City in this division.
6: We'll uh, take a look at that full draft class here for the Chiefs. We'll see what Football Outsider, Sharp Football, ESPN – Pro Football Focus, what they all have to say about this team. We'll take a look at that win total and see what we think as well. Primetime Action continues here on Visa.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Primetime action here on a Thursday. Matt, Kelly, and Wes. The Yankees, even with that loss, guys, finished June 22-6. That is their best win percentage in any month since July of nineteen fifty six so that's pretty good, pretty yes. good month.
3: yes, and they were pretty good, I believe, in nineteen fifty six by the way, uh Yankees will start, I believe a three game set this weekend in Cleveland against the Guardians. Astros get the angels starting tomorrow.
6: I mean you look at you look did at you that, see the, so in in
7: June, I saw this tweet yesterday, so these numbers might be a little different. Yankees, 57 home runs this month. That was as of yesterday. So, Well, it's 58 now, at least. Guardians, 54 home runs this season. A's, 51 home runs this season. Tigers, 41 home runs this season. It's pretty good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yankees, more than that in a month.
6: It's just, I mean...
3: But and we, got, we, we also got to uh, talk about the Astros here, because if mm. you look at what they have done seven and two and nine consecutive games against the two teams from New York, the Mets and the Yankees, both the losses were walk-offs. So they outplayed these two teams. So all of a sudden the Houston Astros are uh, very much a factor again in the American
6: league. Unconfirmed reports. And we'll have to see how this all shakes out that Oregon And Washington have also inquired.
7: I'm sure they have. Yeah, the guy, so, and Wes, you probably, you're the biggest college football guy on here. It was, I don't want to, was it San Jose Mercury News? Is that who broke the the story this morning? Yeah, I think it
3: was uh, John Wilner.
7: So the writer for that, I guess, followed that up with a piece talking about how Oregon and Washington were expected expected to basically go down the same path here at Mm -hmm. some point with the Big Ten.
3: Well, and now you got to wonder, okay, does the Big 12 try to pick the bones here? Because this is not done. This is just getting started again, and it's seemingly like every several months. Okay, we know Texas and Oklahoma, that was the last big move. They're going to mm-hmm. be joining the SEC, I believe. Is that starting next year? I think it's 20, yeah, I
6: think it's 2023, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. so it's like, okay, who's going to be the next to make a move to respond to that? And that's obviously the Big Ten. And then we know who the biggest free agent out there, that's being Notre Dame. Mm. But these conferences, I think especially if you're the ACC, maybe not as much the Big Ten, the ACC needs Notre Dame more. Notre Dame needs the ACC. So it's like, okay, does the SEC start plucking teams from the ACC like a Florida State, like a Clemson, like North Carolina? So, this is far from over, and just looking at the map that Field Yates set out where you had, you know, all the Big Ten teams pretty much in the east and then that big gulf of the, half the entire country and then the two teams now in Los Angeles. Uh, so 16 teams at the bare minimum as we speak in 2024.
6: This uh, this also makes me f- – I'm just speculating here, but I'm, be- I'm betting the SEC is about to get bigger too. I bet you oh, they, yeah. they're going to – they're going to reach out to a couple of more schools as well, or a couple mm-hmm. more schools are going to reach out to the SEC. One of the two. And, oh yeah, and they're because they're not going to let the they're not going to let the Big Ten get to twenty teams. Mm-hmm. And, and then be stuck at 16. Yeah, because you're gonna, wondering, yeah. you
3: know, who is it going to be? Maybe uh, Kansas perhaps uh, gets added uh, for, to the Big Ten or, so, or somebody like that. You know, where does Oregon and Washington go? Because mm-hmm. they're kind of out there, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, nobody bothering them, but obviously would have some value. And, look, I think now it's like they want to get out of the Pac-12 because the yeah. money – the TV, the money is just so different. When you've got UCLA and USC making about $30, $35 million in the Pac-12, and you've got Northwestern mm-hmm. getting $80 million in the yeah. Big Ten. And the same with Vanderbilt down in the SEC, you're like, something's wrong here.
7: Yeah, I think you're I I think you're all over it, West though, of like if you're adding the SEC, I think it's start you start with two schools from the ACC and it's Clemson, Florida State, mm-hmm. right? And then you probably work your way down from there, right? Virginia Tech would probably be an interesting one for that for them.
3: North Carolina, I think the Big Ten and would be interested in North Carolina and probably Duke, maybe more so Carolina, because that's a bigger athletic program. But the movement is not done, and I think eventually, look, we're probably going to get to, like, four power conferences, basically of 20 teams, and then all the rest are independents or mid-major type conferences.
6: the, the SEC with Buffalo, you, yes. know, like, you know, like the yeah. South, because when, when you think Southeast, yeah. you think well, of you Buffalo, know, yeah, you and know,
3: I, and I got to tell you, Miami, the U is kind yeah. of interesting yeah. too, all, all down there, you know, maybe the SEC would clearly want them.
6: So heading back over here to 32 teams in 32 days, the Chiefs, uh, that draft we were talking about, listen, they had two first round picks and it was very clear their draft strategy, here, Wes. I mean, they went corner in Trent McDuffie. They went defensive end in George Karloftis. Then they had to fill a need in the second round with Sky Moore at wide receiver, but then they go back in the second round with that second uh second round pick, take a safety in Brian Moore. Third round, they take a linebacker in fourth round, they take a corner. So, like it's this was a very defensive strategy here for the Chiefs, where in a division that we've talked about, mm-hmm. where each team Im- improved in some way, shape, or form. They decided, hey, look, let's beef up this defense a little bit more. If we're going to be going against this high-powered Chargers offense, we're going to be going against this high-powered Raiders offense, let's beef up the defensive side of the ball just a little bit. And that's what they did, taking a corner, taking a defensive end, taking a safety, and taking a linebacker with four of their first five picks.
3: Yeah, and they, and they had to get younger mm-hmm. as well, I think, Kansas City. Just get yourself some more talent, get yourself some more depth. You talk about the guys, uh, Honey Badger out, Daniel Sorensen, but I don't think that's yeah. a bad thing for <laughs> Kansas City. It was like, okay, where's number 47? Throw at him. Mm-hmm. And that's what teams basically did. But, you know, the continuity is still there with the coaching staff, even though you bring in Nagy and for mm-hmm. Kafka, but you still got Spagnolo, who I think is a really good defensive coordinator. He's very aggressive, certainly brings a lot of blitzes. So that can put. But you know his secondary a little bit on an island there, so I, it's not that I look at the moves that the Chiefs made and I'm like, oh gosh, they really declined, mm-hmm. like they're really bad. It's just everybody else has gotten better. Yeah, and and I think the San Diego chart or San Diego, I knew I was going to mm-hmm. do it, Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego, I shall call yes. them. They're the team that I think really has gotten better, and they're the team I'm highest on most in this division. The
6: their fifth round pick, and the only reason I bring this up, um, the Chiefs take Darian Kennard – and he might actually have to end up starting for mm-hmm. this team. I mean, we're talking about a fifth-round offensive guard here. Mm-hmm. But Lucas Nyang is is pass blocks horribly. And, yes. and if he doesn't pass block any better, I imagine, in training camp, they might look at a fifth-round rookie, actually, to start there. Like, it, 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 Nyang allowed five or more pressures in – in 3 of the 7 games that he played cuz you know he also yeah. was injured a lot. I mean, you can't you can't have that especially when you have invested so much at the quarterback position in Patrick Mahomes. So, they might actually have to have a fifth round rookie out there starting. Now, football outsiders in 2021, they had this team as the seventh overall team DVOA, third ranked offense, 24th ranked defense, and third ranked special teams. We think that the offense is going to come down at least a little bit with the departure of Tyree Kill. We think the defense might be a little bit better with the moves that they made. So, you know, I think that those DVOA numbers might get adjusted just a little yeah. bit. As you mentioned, Warren Sharp says hardest schedule in all of 2022. He does still project them at 10 and a half wins, which I think is interesting yeah. considering how how difficult that schedule is going to be. ESPN has this ranked as the ninth most talented roster in 2022. I don't know if I necessarily agree mm-hmm. with that, but I haven't done a complete roster breakdown of the entire NFL, but it feels like I could come up with nine other teams. that. Yeah, been a
3: I think so you're right. And, and one of the keys I think for Kansas city too, you mentioned about the offensive line the defensive line, mm-hmm. and, and I think Carol Loftus maybe can help with that. Maybe not immediately, maybe long-term, maybe more than short-term, but this team's got to get pressure on the quarterback, and they do not do that very well. They were 29th in sacks last year, and when you're going up against uh, Justin Herbert mm-hmm. twice a year, and you're going up against Derek Carr twice a year, and you're going up against Russell Wilson twice a year, look at the other quarterbacks on that schedule. Yeah. Uh, a, a guy by the name of Tom Brady, you got to face him. you got to face Josh Allen. you got to face Joe Burrow. You gotta face Matt Ryan, yeah. Yeah. Matt Stafford, uh, yeah, Matt Stafford, even even Kyler Murray. Yeah. So you don't really have a lot of cupcakes on this schedule. So you're going to have to get pressure on the quarterback,
6: and I'm just not convinced that that they've improved enough to do that. Yeah, they the Pro Football Focus we talked to Eric Eager a little bit earlier. They have this as the 25th ranked defensive line heading into 2022. Mm-hmm. Now Chris Jones on the inside that has been help. a stud, but. He's the only guy that's been a stud. Yeah. The the edge defenders ranked 28th since 2020 yeah, as Frank, far as Frank pressure. Clark just has yeah. not
3: given them what I think that they thought he was. That's why they went with Carl uh, Loftus out of Purdue, who I think is is going to help and long term be a pretty good player in this league. But you got to get pressure because you know that that secondary. How long can they cover? And that's the whole thing with Kansas City, and that's why they were 27th in passing yards allowed, and partially because they had some leads in games and teams got to throw, so that could be deceiving. So maybe the pass defense wasn't that atrocious based on the numbers, but yeah, they're going to have to play
6: McDuffie at, yeah. at, at nickel. So I mean, they're going to yeah. have a rookie out there, and he's going to he probably will get exposed a time or two mm-hmm. with all this because there isn't going to be as much pressure from this team. If we look at the win total here, I mean, again, I I, I can't. I'm 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 more like us. I'm I'm more on the underside yes. with everything with this team. I think this division is one is so incredibly brutal. I think the schedule will come back to bite them. I'm higher on the Colts. We know the Bills are going to be good. Rams are going to be good. They play these teams that they play everything. I think the Bengals are still going to be good. I just don't know. I don't know how you can be bullish on a ten and a half win total here yeah. for this
3: team. Yeah, I think that's a little high. Now, would you lay the two dollars to go under eleven and a half?
6: I think that that's pretty interesting. As well. I would be looking to do all of that. We'll take a look at some golf odds as well on the other side. It is primetime action. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Boyne Born in a Ballpark Challenge. Boing. Boing Boing. Born in a ballpark challenge, presented by Blue Moon. Compete for free cash all season This we shouldn't you know, The alliteration there. It's just like, that's just, you know, you get to the 630 time frame here and it's (laughs) alliteration. Let's try that again. Uh, Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon. Compete for free cash all season long. Enter the weekly prediction pools for your fight. (laughs) $62,500 in total cash. Prizes head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon. Now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details drink. Responsibly. Reading's tough on air. Well, no, it's the I never really realized. So I was I was pre-reading it before when we came in, and then I never really realized the alliteration that that they did <laughs> going on here. And then it got in my and then it got stuck in my brain that they did the whole like, You yeah, haven't noticed that in the past like Then you gotta um, do that. Sally in, sells seashells yeah, by and, the and seashore. Then, and, and then I'm like, don't let this bother you, dude. And then like, <laughs> why are you letting this bother you, dude? Why why did you let this get in your head, dude? And then yeah, I was having a little. Self-pep talk there. All right, so John Deere Classic. We didn't have Wes on yesterday to see who he was on, so we'll get some, some thoughts for, from him. And listen, Kelly, the one thing we did say, we said this multiple times yesterday, there were going to be some names on the leaderboard, and specifically towards the top of the leaderboard, guys that if you are not a hardcore golf watcher, better, fan, whatever it might be, that you don't really know who these people are, and that certainly played out oh, here yeah. because, listen, outside of maybe JT Poston, maybe Dylan Fratelli, maybe Denny McCarthy, the rest of the names on here, I think for just the casual here, mm-hmm. Wes. I mean, like, I understand, like, we know Chesson Hadley, like, we know, you know, Vaughn Taylor and all this stuff, but I, I don't think the casual better, the casual golf fan, the casual golf watcher is really gonna know many of these names that are here listed in, this, in the top 10.
3: Yeah, like Poston, who I have mm. at 55-1. to I didn't bet him for first-round leader. I don't really get into that market. I need to start yeah. maybe second-guessing that because uh, J.T. Poston, 9-under, by the way, had a 64, I believe, on Sunday at the Travelers. Remember, he finished tied for second. So Poston, it was kind of just like recent form. I mean, the guy has three top 10s and eight starts, including mm. last week at the Travelers. Second in the field on approach last week, 13th in putting. Poston has won a birdie before. Remember his uh, lone win, I believe was at the Wyndham Championship a couple years ago. But yeah, you look at some of these guys. Uh, Gliggich, the Canadian 508th in the world. A guy you have, Chris Godderup, mm-hmm. who just graduated from the University of Oklahoma. He is up there on sponsor exemptions. Uh, Ricky Barnes. When's the last time we've seen Ricky Barnes mm-hmm. on the first page of a leaderboard? Fratelli, not a lot of surprise because Fratelli is a former champion here of the John Deere Classic. McCarthy, we know what McCarthy's game is. If he's rolling the putter, He's going to shoot low scores. You just got to hope he maybe has the ball striking numbers to match.
6: Kelly, how are your how are your tickets
3: looking?
7: I was just scrolling down this uh, leaderboard because there's not many names, but I do at least I got a name this week on the front page. I do have Scott Stallings there. Uh, he has four under, but that is five shots off the lead. Um, and yeah, otherwise it's uh man. You guys, sc- <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm scrolling and I'm keep
3: I'm, I I keep on scrolling. Mine was very hit or miss too. They were right I, on, I got right a lot of guys right at the top or right at the
6: bottom. Yeah, I got a lot of guys at one under an even part. It looks like. So I've got Goddard up at T three. I have. Let me see if I scrolled in. I have Charles Howell third, and I have David Lipski. I'm on
3: Lipsky as well. I think he bogeyed two of the last three. I've also got uh, Adam Svensson at four under. He is currently T9. But a couple disappointing ones. I thought, uh, you know, Matt Wallace, that was a guy I kind of liked this week. He was mm-hmm. very disappointing because he missed a bunch of cuts on the PJ Tour, then went over to DP World Tour and had a couple good finishes, came back over here, made a couple cuts. So I was like, okay, this could be go time for Wallace. And he was one over. Nate Lashley, another guy. I have one over, so it was very hit or miss today for me.
6: John Huh, you and I both have Kelly. He is t forty seven. Oh yeah, he's one one under at one under. So we do have him. So four of my outrights are at least, maybe, possibly in contention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's funny because I'm used to you know we talked yesterday about how.
7: Uh, like, I mean, especially these birdie fest, it's just I'm going to be betting less finishing positions, less matchups. We talked about that yesterday. So it's funny, like, the the mindset then when you're sitting here on a Thursday and trying to think of, like, what golfers it's like, what golfers could make you money this week. Well, no, it's really just got to look at the top of the board because basically all we bet is outright. So, you know, it's like yeah.
6: the guys mm-hmm. at even par are are, are going to have quite the next three rounds if they're going to end up winning this one. You morning. do have to scroll down a little bit further to find both of our one-and-dones yeah, this week. Yeah. Yes, in yeah. Webb Simpson and Nick Hardy, who are both at even par, so they will have some work to do tomorrow to make the just, cut.
7: Yeah, we're right on the cut line. Just yeah, for that. so
6: they will have some work to do to make the cut here. If we scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, you start to see some. Uh, I think there's a couple of names down here that maybe some people were playing. I heard some. I heard a little bit of Brian Stewart this week of people saying, as far as a long shot, maybe you want to go in on him. I certainly heard a little bit of, um, uh, oh, wow, Adam Hadwin, four over. Yeah. 10-1 to one at DraftKings, Adam Hadwin, four over.
3: Wow. Yeah, this is obviously, you know, this is an event you want to shoot darts at, the John mm-hmm. Deere Classic. There was not a clear favorite. The fact that Webb Simpson, and I know he's the most proven name in the field, but the fact that Simpson was that short of a favorite – T-13 last week at the Travelers, is best finish all year. By the way, Simpson's been out with some injuries. Uh, so, yeah, you look at some of these guys, even guys that have good course form here. Adam Shank, a guy who I liked, fourth and sixth. Mm-hmm. His last two times here, he did withdraw today. I believe he had an injury. He was over par, though, when he withdrew today. So, he is out. So, if you bet against him as a matchup, he did start the round. So, he didn't, you know, withdraw right before he got to the first tee or something like that. So, if you bet against Shank, that matchup's a winner for you.
7: Man, they're just looking at some of this. Stats today. I don't really know how much live, you know, in tournament betting you guys were looking to do in this. Probably, probably not going to be much for me. But uh, old, uh, old Stephen Yeager's uh, numbers sure jump off the board to you, though. With a uh, second in the field, tee to green, lost over four strokes putting today mm-hmm. since oh. at two under part. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. When we go look at the live numbers, I don't know where he is Yeah, as. so
6: live numbers, I mean, this is a laughable number on J.T. Poston. I mean, like, in a yes. birdie in a birdie yes. fest, there are three more rounds of a birdie fest. Oh, yeah. And, is, oh, wow. and, and J.T. Poston is plus 250. And he
3: gained everywhere yeah. in this round. He gained Ye- a little bit less than three strokes putting about two and two-thirds on approach, or on around the green, rather, two and a half on approach, 1.28 off the tee, Driving accuracy. I think he only missed one fairway today.
7: I mean, this is one of these situations, guys, where like we never talk about this usually with go- with golf and in tournament like this. Where <laughs> if you had the bankroll, the no price, if you could find it at a shop, yes, is is, pr- is a good bet. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, this is. What do you got to lay? You'd be
6: laying minus 330 or something like that. If you had the bankroll, I would bet that. Guys, you know, Wes, I'm sure you stressed this in long shots. We were stressing this last night when we were going over this. Like, there's – this is like one of the highest variance tournaments yes. of the year. This is one of the widest range of outcome tournaments mm-hmm. you're going to find. Also. All you have to do is look at the leaderboard right now. You're having guys that you've never even heard yeah. of popping up inside the top you know, top 20 here. Because I think
3: people get deceived by the recent winners. Yeah. But a lot of these recent winners were class players. Bryson DeChambeau yeah. at 50-1, to one, but he looked like he was destined for stardom. Jordan Spieth's won here twice. Steve Stricker won here three years in a row. Zach Johnson won here a couple times. Ryan Moore. But these are always guys that played well here and played here regularly. You also had some bombs win here. Brian Harmon in 2014 won 25. Michael Kim, 300-1, who I don't even believe is on the tour anymore, won this event. Dylan Fratelli was a 90-1. So, like you were saying, mm-hmm. Matt, there's just so many guys that could win here. Like, I mean, I like that I got JT Boson and I don't like the fact that I didn't bet him for first-round leader because yeah. – I mean, I would certainly be looking at the no here. I mean, 9-under, that's a hell of a round. But he also went out in the morning, which I believe looking at the uh, final results here – Played about maybe three-quarters of a stroke easier in the morning than the late session.
7: Well, I, I, I know for sure when I was doing my prep last night, that's where the wet, bad weather was supposed to come in because I, I did all that organization and then went to go put in my bets and then it, and the market wasn't up
6: here in Vegas. It wasn't Vegas. available. Because Las Vegas sports either. betting, <laughs> come for the action. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I It's today. Vegas. We can bet anything so, out here, right? I, I mean, I guess if we're sitting here, guys, I mean, you know, look. I'm plus 250 is laughable. Bombs. Uh Denny McCarthy, 11, Goddard up, 16, Stallings, 18, Vaughn Taylor, 20, Charles Howe 25. Listen, Charles Howell was one of the pre-tournament favorites. He was only like 26 or 28, whenever you guys So it's not really that far off of where he was before mm-hmm. the tournament started. So if you wanted to go there, I guess I can't, I wouldn't talk you off of it, I guess, or something, but... Wes, I don't know, man. I just don't see anything here for me that that really moves. I'm the just needle. hoping I
3: can get lucky here. To be yeah. honest with you, I know that I, I, you know, I want to break it down and give somebody somebody off the radar that's going to win this thing. But I could pick any one of like 20, 30 guys that can do. I that. think
7: I'm going to throw a few bucks actually on Stephen Yeager tonight. He's 130, right. to 130 to one right now at DraftKings. He sits at two under par. For the tournament, second in TD Green today in the field. Lost over four strokes putting. In my last 12-round model, he ranked 18th on it. Uh, 14th in approach in the field over that. 29th birdies and better. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, he, he was solid in my last 12-round model. So I'm throw throw a few bucks on him.
6: Cam, Davi- Cam Davis at three under, maybe. Yeah, he's lurking. Yeah, we can talk about that on the other side. We'll take you home here at Primetime Action on a Thursday.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Final segment here of Primetime Action on Thursday. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and Wes Reynolds. We are taking you home for the nightcap. And uh, we were... As we were going off that last segment, I mean, I guess, again, if you did want to get in live, we we did point out Cam Davis. He's a guy that can go low in rounds. He's a mm-hmm. guy that has shot these, you know, super birdie-fest rounds before. Yes. Um, And actually, the one thing he gained on today is something he's known for being really poor at, which is off the tee, and didn't gain anywhere else. And so, again, if you're just dying to get in on a bet – I, I guess I don't hate that one all that much. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I don't think I'm going to be adding anything to this tournament.
3: Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, I also have Patrick Rogers. He was a little bit disappointing. I think a lot of guys mm. on the network ended up on Rogers. He, by the way, is too under par made his first cut here as a pro back in 2013, lost by one to Deshambo in 2017. Another guy, we were talking over to break about so many guys named Cameron, and I brought mm. up Cameron Tringali. It's like, you look at some of these guys that have never won on the PGA Tour, and you're like, how have they never won one event on the PGA Tour? Like a Cameron Tringali mm. came to mind. Patrick Rogers comes to mind for me. Uh, and Cam Davis, to your point, though, he does have a couple really good finishes, mm. at least in the last couple months. He was T3 at the RBC Heritage, T7 at the Charles Schwab down at Colonial. So he's been making more cuts than he's been missing. And that's a lot of what I had to look at this week. Because when you were modeling, yep. this was a little bit hard to model just because, you know, we're not used to seeing, like, the superlative numbers on approach that we get when, like, JT's in the field or Rory or somebody like that. So you really – I think I think you had to get a little bit creative this week and just kind of hope for the best, and that's what I'm I, doing.
6: I, I tried. Um, like, so, I, I, you know, we, we talked about this. Uh yesterday, Wes, I, I didn't play a single head to head. I didn't play a single placement market. I didn't do any of that yeah. because it's just the I tend to struggle a little bit on these uh on these Birdie Fest yeah. tournaments. I I, too. I I don't I haven't had near as much success mm-hmm. with, with these as I have the other ones and So, for me, what I don't want is, you know, a guy comfortably inside the top 20, and then he shoots, he still shoots three under, but gets passed because everybody else goes six or seven under. Exactly. So, so I I just, I, I I typically try to, you know, put a, fraction of the money in play that I typically do on on any given week and I did that this week as well Kelly I mean I have yeah. probably one-twentieth of what well, I well, what, really what
7: you have, just though. explained too is is the b- even bigger reason right for the why like the finishing positions and matchups it's you can't even I you can't even consider more than a couple you know what I mean because mm-hmm. there are gonna be such drastic shifts and this is such a
3: dead week in the schedule I know there's a lot of events mm-hmm. going on with the live golf event in Portland by the way I think they're done out there Carlos Ortiz the first round leader, five under par, Dustin Johnson, four under, and then Pat Perez, Brandon Grace, Hideto, Tani Hara, minus three. That is your top five out there at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland. But yeah, this is such a dead week because this is the week that a lot of guys are taking off. Because next week, they have either are going to play the Scottish mm-hmm. Open, which is now a co-sanctioned event between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. And a lot of these guys are also, next Monday and Tuesday, they are playing that J.P. McManus Pro-Am. J.P. McManus, by the way, Irish billionaire connected with golf, always plays at Pebble Beach in the Pro-Am and over at the Dunhill Links. He used to be the former majority shareholder for Manchester United in the early 2000s before the Glazers bought the interest. But I looked at the field for that J.P. McManus Pro-Am next Monday and Tuesday. He's got, like, nine of the top ten players in the world. It's like a major. I mean, you won't get a better field and Tiger Woods and a lot of kind of legends of the game that are playing in this thing. You look at this field, it's just stupid. I think there's one or two books in town that have gone ahead and put that up for that McManus Pro-Am next Monday and Tuesday. All right,
7: it sounds like the Jalen Brunson deal is pretty much done and official. Mm -hmm. Four years, $104 million. Deal includes a player option on the final season.
3: Do we like that deal for the Knicks?
7: Um, I'm trying to, let me, let me try to find the right words for this. The, the, I I think I can respect them being aggressive, knowing what they want and going after it. Uh, Do I think they Mm -hmm. probably should have stepped back? I, I know they've been talking about this for months. I I mean, we're talking about the guy's dad being on the coaching staff, his former agent in the front office. Mm -hmm. This all seemed to be heading this way for months now. I, I think that they, they, just like everybody else, should have taken a step back, though, after the Durant news yeah. today. I mean, Cause, what's the cause, rush? Because you know right?
3: what the Knicks are wanting to do here because it's like I feel like – they kind of want to be competitive, you know, Leon Rose and World Wide West and company. They want to be competitive, but they also want to acquire all those draft picks like they did yeah. here here in this draft because uh, there is a guy by the name of uh, Victor Wambanyama, who probably Whew. is the most consensus, clear cut, number one pick, barring injury over there in France. He is seven foot three and he might even be taller than that, seven nine wingspan. Probably the most consensus number one since LeBron James in the NBA draft, so everybody wants these lottery p- or these picks, and that's what they're doing. That's what Oklahoma City's been and doing. They should that's be. what San Antonio's yeah. been doing. So, yeah, th- this is fixed. Th-
7: this is the clearest the clearest prospect to go out and tank for that. Like mm-hmm. you like you said, West, but it's like they want to tank, LeBron.
3: but they don't want to make it obvious that they're taking. I mean, you that's know, what
7: like, the Knicks aren't doing that. But that's I guess that's where my issue is. It's it's the but that's what they want is assets right.
3: to be like. Okay, if we don't win. In the lottery if we don't get that frozen envelope allegedly like we did for Patrick Ewing in 1985 then we've at least got some personnel you know to trade in terms of some picks and some capital
7: I just, you're looking at Jalen Bru- it's like Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett like I uh, you know is, is it
3: that, that that doesn't seem like you know that that just seems like it could go bad. And Brunson had a great season. It, j- it just has 7-8
7: s- seed written all over it, You know what I mean? And I don't know. If, that, is that, if, if that's where our goals and aspirations are mm-hmm. You know, for the New York Knicks, then fine. They, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs next
6: mm-hmm. year. Two first pitches still to come. Oakland Athletics, Seattle Mariners. That's Adrian Martinez and Logan Gilbert. Logan Gilbert and the Mariners, minus 225 home favorites. You can get plus 190 on the A's on the road as underdogs. Seven and a half is your total in that one. Looking at the starting lineups for both sides here, I don't see any huge discrepancies. Kemp, Laureano, Brown, Piscotti, Murphy, Bolt, Andrus, Noisy and Allen for the A's. And on the Seattle side, Rodriguez, Winker, Suarez, Santana, who recently recently acquired Carlos Santana there, Toro, Frazier, Moore, Haggerty. So it's, it's pretty much what you're – what you normally get on a night-to-night basis for those two teams. And then Padres and Dodgers also at 10-10 Eastern. Joe Musgrove versus Mitch White. Mitch White and the Dodgers are still minus 130 Home favorites in this one, plus one ten on the Padres as road underdogs. Eight is your total. We mentioned this earlier in the show, but if you're just joining us, we look down the lineups here for the Padres. Leading off, Yerks and Profar, but hitting second and DHing Manny Machado. So back in the lineup tonight for this Padres team, and again, um, you know, having him back in there. Cronenworth, Mazzara, Hosmer, Nola, Grisham. Uh, All those guys go in there for the Padres. Turner, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, Turner, Bellinger, Lamb. uh, First seven over there on the Dodgers side of things. Uh, Wes, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. I'm not saying I won't. It's certainly tempting to take the Padres here. It's even more tempting knowing Machado's back in the lineup, but something is keeping me from pushing the button. Well,
3: and I think uh, we want to know how long Mitch White is going to go. mm -hmm. I think the last start in Atlanta he didn't even make it out of the fourth inning, and, and he's been okay this year. He's not been bad. He certainly is not a guy that's necessarily an opener. But are they going to let? Are they going to have Mitch White go into like the fifth or the sixth or something like that?
6: So, I'm looking at the awards market here just to see if anything has moved since all this news and all these different uh, all this stuff has come out today. Kevin Durant is twelve to one to win the MVP. So, you're getting double, you're getting more than double the odds on Luka, more than double the odds on Embiid. You're getting a good bit more than you're getting on Giannis at 750. Jaws at 10, Jokic is at 10. I would not bet that they're not going to give it to him three years in a row. So, Durant at 12, if he gets to move and he gets to be on a team where, you know, it's a little bit more, not, you know, not as dysfunctional as what he had going on there mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. You always want a bigger number this early in the season if you're trying to sit there and take, you know, MVPs and uh, MVP bets and stuff or whatever. But uh, it's 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 interesting to me. It's tempting to me. I'll put it that way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, just looking down at these markets uh, to see what's going on there. Uh, by the way, you mentioned the lineups for the Padres mm. and Dodgers. Mookie Betts, of course, still out with that rib injury. So when is he going to come back? Obviously, the Dodgers are not going away. So you got to think he's going to be right in that MVP chase. But is it a case like if it's a movie, like at the Oscars, we have two from the same movie nominated yeah. for best actor and do they like split the vote? So that's something I always think about when you're voting on these
6: awards here. More points per game. You know, I just got some of these. Two. <laughs> Kevin Durant. And you were talking Kevin or, Durant. Or I was Kyrie Irving. Minus 135 plus 105 for Irving. Do do I just depends bet on this already. I know it's like, do I bet this already. It just depends on where they end up. I it think, is. It does. I know.
7: I, I guess you're right with the du- the Durant one though. At least, like, you know he's going to play for a contender. So that right. number actually getting longer, I would be fine actually with anybody making
6: that bet. It's interesting. We will obviously continue to monitor this here until we figure out. Hey, is there a bet to be made? Hopefully, we can point you in the right direction. Nightcap is next. Talk to you guys tomorrow.
3: My fault on that.
2: Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.
4: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
5: It's my little escape.
4: Now Judy's the life of the party.
5: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
4: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>